Welcome back to my so-called midlife podcast. I'm Jennifer and this is episode 89. So how was your week? Mine was okay. It was pretty boring actually. Not too much going on down here. I hope everyone had a nice Mother's Day. Mine was okay. Mother's Day is always kind of a mixed bag of emotions for me. You know, I'm I'm lucky because, you know, my mom is still here and I, I did get to talk to her on Mother's Day. And, you know, I just try to be grateful, you know, that I, I still have my mom here and that I can talk with her, even if we don't get to spend the day together, you know, at, at least I can talk to her on the phone. Um, and I try to just focus on that, you know, rather than any sadness that I might also be feeling. Um podcast recommendations. I actually don't have any new podcasts this week, just listening to the same ones that um, I've recommended to you uh, in weeks past. Um, I have to admit, though, that Scamfluencers, I'm still listening. I'm just not as big a fan as I was when I first started listening. I'll stick with it. Um, if I completely abandon it, I'll let you know. I mean, in the past, you know, I've, I've done that where I've stopped listening to something and then, you know, I let you know I'm not still listening to it. Um, I did watch some good TV, though, this week on HBO Max. Season two of The Flight Attendant is out. You guys know how much I like this show. I raved about season one. In season two, Cassie is back and she's now living in California and she's been so sober for a year. And she's also moonlighting as a CIA informant. So far, season two is as good as season one. I'm really enjoying it. But I have to say, it took me a minute to kind of get back into the groove of it. Because if you guys watch this show, you know that Cassie has kind of a, uh, I'll say, a rich fantasy life. And this one confused me when season two started, um, until I kind of got back into the rhythm of the show. But it's good. It's really good. I mean, if you like season one, you'll like season two. I also watched Captive Audience on Hulu. This is one that I had not planned on watching, because in the past, whenever I've watched um, a true crime series on Hulu, you know, that was, you know, not basically like a con story, they just are not as good as the true crime docs or series that are on like Netflix or HBO. They they can feel kind of ugh, like they're made for Lifetime channel, you know, like a little too over-dramatized and that, you know, feels kind of fake and corny, you know, but so I hadn't planned on watching it, but my sister told me that she watched it and that she really liked it. And so I decided to watch it and she was right. This is really good. It's the story of the Stainer family, starting with Stephen Stainer, who was kidnapped in 1972. And after seven years, he managed to escape his kidnapper and make his way home. I don't know if you guys remember, if you're about my age, you probably remember a mini series that was made in 1989 called I Know My First Name is Stephen. That is Stephen Stainer. But there is so much more to the story than just his kidnapping 
and it this was really really good it's three parts they're all available now i binge them in an afternoon i think they're about an hour long per episode um it's really good i highly recommend it and I also told you a few weeks back that there was a new show on Apple TV that I wanted to start watching called Shining Girls. This is the new series with Elizabeth Moss. Moss plays Kirby Mizraki, who, after surviving a brutal attack, now suffers from shifting reality, and it's caused by the trauma of the attack. Six years later, a woman is murdered, and the details are almost identical to Kirby's attack. This series is based on a 2013 novel that was called The Shining Girls, written by Lauren Bukes. It is really, really good. It's very creepy. I mean, there have been times that I, you know, you guys know I live alone. There have been times when I'm watching this. It's very unsettling. I had to shut it off. Um, I think it was episode three. And I, I got to a point where I was like, all right, this is this is too much for a person to watch who lives alone. And I had to shut it off. Um, Very creepy. The killer is not a mystery. He's brought in early on, and that actually adds to the level of creepiness. The only thing I would say is because of Kirby's shifting realities, this is one where you really have to pay attention or you're you're just going to be lost. And For me, like I have a tendency to always kind of be doing something else while I'm watching TV. You know, I'm I'm on my laptop, I'm working on the podcast, I'm, you know, whatever. I'm looking at my phone. And I tried to do that with the first episode and I had to kind of stop and restart it from the beginning because about halfway through, I realized that I did not know what was going on. I did read an article that says, whenever you see the blue dinosaur mug on Kirby's work desk, you know that that is the correct reality. I I don't know who picked up on that because I certainly have not picked up on that. I'm four episodes in and I guess I probably should start looking for the blue mug. Um, it's good. I highly recommend it. It's on Apple TV. I think there's four episodes out right now and new ones come out weekly. All right, guys, now that you're all caught up on my week, let's get into this week's topic. We're back. So earlier this week, I was talking with someone and they were saying that something had happened with a friend of theirs that was bringing up some feelings. But then they immediately said they were probably just going to let it go because they didn't want to seem petty. And I thought, wait, No. All I talk to you guys about almost every week for the past 88 episodes is taking notice of how we're feeling, because feelings are always valid. They're not petty or insignificant or selfish, and there is always a reason for them. And so I said to this person, I really don't think there's any such thing as something being petty. You're feeling what you're feeling for a reason. Now, Maybe it's a little misdirected. Maybe what the person did that got you feeling this way isn't really at the root of the feeling. That doesn't mean that the feeling is not valid. Then the very next day, something happened to me, and I did the exact same thing. I told myself to get over it, that it wasn't a big deal, and then I was just acting like a baby. 
Then a few days later, I did it again on Mother's Day. I started to have feelings and I immediately dismissed them. I told myself that they didn't matter because feeling sad it doesn't change anything. Or, you know, I'm, I'm just being petty. There's no reason for me to feel that way. As usual, I didn't listen to my own advice because it's always easier to give advice than it is to take it. I know I'm not the only one doing this, but I have to say, I really only see women doing this. We deny our feelings. We dismiss them by telling ourselves that we're being petty or selfish or immature. And we push them aside like they never happened. But they did happen. And all we do when we push them aside is delay our healing. I don't usually see men doing this, and I don't know why. Maybe men don't have what women would describe as petty feelings. Or maybe men are just so strong in their convictions that they would never consider any emotional experience as less than the most important thing going on in the moment. Either way, maybe women can take a page from their book on this one. When you dismiss your feelings as petty, what you're telling yourself is that your feelings don't matter. But dismissing your feelings, especially when you tell yourself that whatever happened shouldn't be that big of a deal, it's really easy to do. You know, say you didn't get that promotion you were up for, or maybe your friend cancels plans on you at the last minute, or some other thing happens that didn't live up to your expectations, and you're disappointed. But you tell yourself, it's okay. So I didn't get the promotion. So what? Something better is out there, and it's meant for me. Or, sure, I was looking forward to a night out with a friend, but there'll be other nights, and we can always reschedule. You tell yourself that you have no right to feel disappointed or overlooked. You really wanted the promotion, but your current job is not that bad. And yes, you wanted to see your friend, but that's not a big deal either. And you're right on both counts. Because you can love your friend and your current job and still be disappointed. Both things can be true. A few years ago, I worked with a young girl that I really, really liked. She was very sweet. She was, like I said, a lot younger than me. But we were close. And despite our age difference, we had a lot in common. She was one of those people who you always feel better just because you're around them. She ended up getting another job and was planning to relocate to South Florida. And I wanted to have one last lunch with her before she left. So we planned it for Thursday because I was going to be off on Friday, which was her last day. But like I said, she was well-liked and everyone at work wanted a chance to wish her well before she left. And so what was supposed to be a lunch with just the two of us turned into an office going away party. And I never really got the time I wanted to spend with her just one-on-one -on -one before she left. I was sad and disappointed and also more than a little angry that my boss and coworkers had co-opted my time with her. Why didn't they, why did they plan it for Thursday? Why not Friday, her actual last day? I spent most of the party sulking. A couple of weeks later, I got a text from my friend and she was just letting me know that she was all settled into her new place and that she was loving her new job and she missed me. She also apologized for not getting to have our lunch together before she left. 
And I said, you know, yes, I was disappointed, but you don't have any reason to apologize. You know, I told her that she shouldn't be feeling bad, that, you know, I was just being a brat about the whole thing. I was being petty. When weeks passed and I really wasn't feeling any better about it, I realized that it wasn't the party I was upset about. I was upset because I felt invalidated. And it wasn't a one-time thing. There had been a pattern at this job and with this boss of making me feel like my time, my work, my opinions weren't valued. This wasn't just about one time when I was overlooked or pushed aside. The party was just the final straw. So you didn't get that promotion. Who cares, right? But is this the first time you've been passed over for a promotion? Was the new position something you feel you were more than qualified for, but a less qualified person got it instead? Your friend who canceled on you, how often do they cancel? Are they just really bad at sticking to commitments? Or do they not value your time and friendship? Our feelings are always based in truth, but sometimes they're misdirected. Maybe the friend who canceled is bringing up your fear of abandonment. Or the promotion you didn't get brings up your self-esteem issues. I know that going away party, that triggered my feelings of inadequacy. It wasn't really about the party, but it's never really about the party, is it? Dismissing your feelings is called emotional invalidation. And when it's done in a relationship, it's considered emotional abuse. I think as women, We're becoming more aware of it when it comes to someone doing it to us. But it seems like we're still struggling with self-invalidation. We've all heard the joke about how you never tell a woman to relax when she's expressing her feelings. I know this is true for me. Any form of, you know, get over it or why are you letting this bother you so much? It's so dismissive. It's rude even if it's unintentional. If we wouldn't let our partner get away with this, why do we think it's okay to say it to ourselves? When you deny what you're feeling by telling yourself that you're just being petty or immature or overly sensitive or whatever, it actually allows those emotions to become more intense and our thoughts to become more critical. But when you accept whatever it is you're feeling, it actually allows you to build compassion for yourself and others. You need to pay attention to what you're feeling. The moment you're feeling or you're telling yourself to just get over it or stop being so petty is the moment you need to stop and really take notice of what you're feeling and why you're feeling it. Check to see if you have a pattern going on. Have you felt this way before with this person or with another person or situation? I told you earlier that Mother's Day is hard for me. I struggle with it because while I am so grateful to still have my mom, I still very badly wish I was able to have my own kids. And I feel guilty because being sad makes me feel like I don't appreciate what I do have. You know, at one point during, you know, the day on Mother's Day, I I literally like just stopped and said to myself, Jesus Christ, you've hit menopause. When are you going to let this go? 
I don't know. Maybe never. Maybe I'll never be okay with not having kids. Even right now, in this moment, as the words are coming out of my mouth and I'm talking to you about it, there is a voice inside my head saying, shut up already. Your listeners are so tired of hearing you whine about this. But I just have to keep reminding myself that both things can be true. It's possible to be grateful that I still have my mom and sad that I don't have kids. One feeling does not invalidate the other. Self-invalidation can be hard to spot and even harder to break the pattern, especially if it's something you've been doing your entire life, or if you grew up in an environment where your feelings were invalidated or you watched a parent self-invalidate. A good example of self-invalidation is basically any, you know, sort of self-talk that starts with, I should have or I shouldn't have. When you do that, you're telling yourself that if you were just better in some way, then everything would be different. But your feelings are absolutely valid. They're valid because you're feeling them. No one else is feeling what you're feeling. They might relate or sympathize or empathize, but they can't feel what you're feeling. So when you invalidate your own feelings, it's worse than when someone else does it. You're denying yourself permission to feel what's natural to feel. It all comes down, once again, to negative self-talk. And it's a very hard pattern to break, but it's not impossible. It's noticing the pattern and stopping it in its tracks whenever it comes up. Then you can work on replacing the negative self-talk with constructive reflection. Like instead of saying, oh, I just need to stop being so lazy. Maybe you can take a deeper look at what is behind the feelings of not feeling motivated. I have to admit, I'm getting better at stopping the negative self-talk, but I am struggling with the introspection part. And I probably always will. Progress, not perfection, right? We all know how good it feels to be validated in our feelings. So why not start doing it with ourselves? Instead of asking, you know, why you're feeling so overwhelmed, try saying, of course I'm feeling overwhelmed because the whole situation is overwhelming. Studies have shown that just by acknowledging what we're feeling when we're feeling it, it decreases our stress levels, while just the opposite is true when we ignore our feelings. And just because you can't understand why you're feeling what you're feeling, doesn't mean it isn't valid. Try to make sense of it. You know yourself, your history, your belief system. There is always a reason we experience things in the way that we do. And remember, feelings are just feelings. They're not good or bad. They don't define you. When you're able to acknowledge and accept what you're feeling, it's easier to just move through them. All right, guys, I'm going to wrap up this week's episode. Thanks for coming back for episode 89. Don't forget, join the Facebook group, my so-called midlife podcast, and like the Facebook page, my so-called midlife podcast. You can follow me on Instagram at JennyJoy316. If you like the podcast, tell your friends and then tell them to listen. Spotify listeners, once again, just a reminder, you can now leave a review. Five stars only, please. 
If you have questions or topic suggestions, email me at my so-called midlife podcast at, g- at gmail.com. All right, guys, thanks for listening. Happy Mother's Day. And also to my niece, whose birthday is today. Happy birthday. I love you. Until next time, guys. Love you. Bye.